Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Welcome to a very special Collider Heroes interview with living legend Jim Starlin. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Now, this movie is the culmination of 22 movies, but this exact saga has been surrounding a character you invented. What was it like way back in the day when Marvel first told you they were going to make Thanos? Did you think he'd translate? Marvel never told me they were going to make Thanos. <laughs> uh, no, the first... I, I wasn't working for Marvel at the time when the first Avengers movie came out, and I only heard about it on the internet uh, two days before. And it was kind of interesting because I went to a midnight showing because I said, this can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we got to the theater, and there were these two fellows behind us who sort of talked throughout the movie, not, not offensively so, but I could hear them, and I could make out that one was a comic book fan and the other was a cartoon fan. And so when the final credits ran and Thanos appears, I hear the comic book fan going, Thanos! <laughs> and then I hear the car- cartoon fan go, Who's Thanos? <laughs> and I realized at that point that the next few years are going to get kind of surreal, and they, they certainly have. Oh, that's a beautiful moment. You got the internet right behind you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All so, in five seconds' time. <laughs> with your you your incredible work, which continues uh, in comics at Marvel and in your independence, uh, but. You and put your stamp on and co-create a lot of the stuff that they have been throwing up on the screen for the last several years, especially with your work in the cosmic area, um, redefining Marvel, creating Thanos. Uh, like, have there? I'm just curious. Can you speak to sort of watching Marvel, the MCU, go into space in that area and the way it has your stamp all over it? 
Well, with the advent of the computers in movies, uh, everything changed. Uh, when I first started in comics in the 70s, we could blow the movies away on what we put in the comics because I could draw um, armada of spaceships and you couldn't see the wires hanging down. <laughs> uh, now with the computers, I can work for a year on a drawing and never get anywhere near as complex as one frame in this in-game movie. Uh, so it's been kind of interesting watching it build. Uh, them heading off for the more cosmic stuff is sort of a natural progression because that's the way the comic books worked. Uh, up through the 70s, it was very Earth-based because that was what everyone was comfortable with. And then in the 70s, we had a bunch of uh, young guys coming in to replace all the guys from the 1940s who were retiring and we started going off into different directions and it's reflected in the the movies because all the young kids who were reading our comics in the 70s are now working in the film business <laughs> at adults you know so it's it's a little strange sometimes <laughs> now thanos beautifully mirrors the comic in, in Infinity War by even like you know, the way he's dressed and at the end him going to the farm and I'm going to try to lean more Infinity War for now but mm. that choice to have him literally have your ending reflected and there was a different journey to get to the ending but for me it was really the ending I thought we'd get to but in a direction I never thought would come what was it like for you watching Infinity War for the first time seeing a character that you had so many thoughts about take different choices but then still at the end have effectively the scarecrow and the armor well I had worked uh, with movie companies on scripts for adaptations of novels we'd worked on before, never got made into movies. But so I knew what to expect that only a fool should expect his piece of work or her piece of work to be adapted like carbon copy into a movie. Not they're spending billions of dollars, <laughs> yeah. and you know they're going to make some changes. So I came in there with a, I think it was a pretty good attitude. Is it's going to be what it is, and let's see where they go. Uh, I was quite surprised on how close in spirit, if not exactly to the letter, uh, Marcus and Mephili and the Russo's brothers went with this. And so I was very pleasantly surprised, and I, I've enjoyed what they've done with it. Like I said, he's he's a little bit different. It's a little bit different, but it's a little bit the same. The first movie, I, I was sitting there going, their scene, my scene. <laughs> so it all worked out pretty nicely yeah, I've enjoyed the ride so far uh, I would like to know if there's any character that you've invented to date that you feel like would translate to movies now that we are at this advanced point in CGI. Is there anyone you want to see? that you, You've invented so many amazing characters. Now that we're catching see? up to your imagination. Sure. Who's um, next? I had a deal set up for uh, a TV series of Dreadstar at one point. We heard point. about that, yeah. yeah. Yes, and unfortunately the producer died. Oh, and so oh. that kind of killed the project. And so we're trying to get it brought back to life now. And so I have high hopes for that. Uh, inside the Marvel Universe, I'd like to see Pip to Troll show up. Oh, yes! Yes. And I think there's a good chance because it looks like Warlock's going to come in there. Yeah. And eventually, you know, he's going to need a sidekick. <laughs> so, and Pip to Troll would be perfect for it. Yes, I love that. Uh, yeah. I'd like to know with... Endgame. We'll get into Endgame now because I'm trying okay. to. I, I'm so contained with emotion about Endgame. Uh, the moment you pop up, which is one of my favorite moments in the movie, of amazing <laughs> moments in the movie, because to me that's the biggest. We know the source material of what we've made here. Look, it's Jim Starlin. What was the process like of, of getting that? Like, yeah, how was, did that who, happen? Did they call? Did they get an email? Like, how does that happen? I uh, heard that the 
film was being made uh, in Infinity War. And on my Facebook page, I just kiddingly took a phrase from, I think it's Bugs Bunny, you know, and said, uh, Mr. and Mr. Russo, I'm uh, ready for my close-up. And somehow or another, that got to them. Amazing. And uh, about a week later, I got a call from a producer at Marvel and uh, asking if I could come down to Atlanta and do this. And I went... Uh, let me check my schedule. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And uh, so we got down there, and that was a terrific trip all into itself because apparently everybody there had not been able to talk to anybody about this for a year and a half because they're all non-disclosure agreement signers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I came down there and did the same thing, signed the, on the dotted line, and... Uh, I came there expecting, you know, we're going to do the scene, and then it rushes off, and that'll be the end of it, and we'll be sitting in the hotel room. Instead, uh, as soon as we got there, Marcus and McFeely like, boom, we want to talk to you. <laughs> and, you know, uh, they were very open about everything that they were doing. Uh, I, was, I was so uh, blown away by that part of it alone that uh, I didn't listen to anything other than what they were talking about with Thanos, and so... You know, all the Avengers stuff went in in one ear and out the other, and so I I still had a really good surprise when I went to the movie, and (laughs) uh, a lot of this stuff I just haven't seen. Infinity War was very tried and true to the comics, and Endgame definitely derails more into MCU territory, because they're solving problems that have been set up for ten years instead of following a comic. And they also didn't have half the characters we had in the comic book. So they have to tell a different story. Was Was it a different experience for you watching Infinity War, which is such a love letter to your versus watching Endgame, which is truly just a ride, like a roller coaster of this is all different. Yeah, I mean, the, the writers said that they were, you know, bouncing off a lot of my time travel stories and that thing. So, uh, you know, I felt kind of good about that. But it is a whole different, it is a divergence from a gauntlet. Uh, it's... It's this epic story with all these emotional roller coasters flying around in it that, uh, like I said, I, I was... I knew a bit about it, but I didn't know the whole story, and I was, you know, stunned. I didn't buy the first demise of somebody in particular, <laughs> but, you know, I was half hour in there, I knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah, You're yeah. like, it's never that easy. We yeah. turned into stone once. It didn't work yeah. out. I, I've seen him in other scenes in the trailer, so I know it isn't that. So, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was just this... Uh, you know, the hard part about going to these premieres is you have to run into the writers and uh, directors afterwards. Mm-hmm. And in my case, I was so stunned that I'm almost completely inarticulate. I'm sitting there going, oh, it was a terrific movie. You know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, now you and, know how we all feel. <laughs> yeah, and they were so later on articulate enough, and I was able to communicate with them on that. But uh, just uh, when you walk out of the theater, all I wanted was a drink, mm. you know, and say, wow, I need to see this at least three, four more times before I've got it all in my head here. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's an incredible ride. Are there any standouts for you in terms of sort of surprising adaptations? Like one thing, uh, you did, a, like, their version of Nebula, for instance, is very different from one we've seen, but that feels sort of true to the intensity of that character's experience. Uh, are, are there any sort of standout, like, background characters or things that you've enjoyed watching Transformed in that way? Yes. Well, Nebula is kind of an interesting story because uh, another writer created him, or her, rather, mm-hmm. and... Uh, claimed that she was Thanos' daughter, a biological daughter. Uh, 
I took exception to that because I figure anyone who worships death is not going to procreate all that readily. Makes sense. Makes sense. So when I uh, did the Infinity Gauntlet, I disavowed everybody of the notion that she was actually his his daughter, and took it a little bit far and started. Didn't treat her all that well in the story. She had some really inter- cool moments as a result of that tough read, but uh, yes, but she, she she was not treated in the best way by me, and uh, the directors and writers decided to go a, a little less oozy route than I did, <laughs> and uh, I I think they did a really interesting job. I love that scene where she's hanging there, half disassembled, and. Uh, uh, Thanos walks in with Gamora, and he's so cold and uh, remote and spooky in that scene. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the other thing that I really liked that they did that wasn't in the book was uh, when he gets a couple of the stones, he takes off the armor. Yeah. It just didn't occur to me that he doesn't need it anymore. Of course, in the <laughs> comics, we want to see that image. But, you know, uh, I went, and I know a lot of folks got upset by that, but I went, yeah, it makes sense. Why didn't I think of that? I I love that. I love that with your work, you have a love of it, but you see the adaptation as a separate thing. And a lot of times, I think it's really hard for it's your baby, but to see it translated through someone else. And I love that the medium of of comic books allows for translation. Like this movie is very different from the comics, but then it brings people back to the comics. Like people go back and read Infinity Saga as a different animal. Have you had any interactions with fans that were like, "Oh, you saw something in this that I didn't see because they're coming out from a new way"? Um, not so m- much uh, anything like that, but uh, I mean, I have gotten a lot of new fans from the port of books because everything's been reprinted s- yeah. since these things came out. Um, you know, I had no trouble with the adaptation. I, in fact, as I was going along, I, I kept wondering what would Arthur Conan Doyle think if he saw all the different versions of Sherlock Holmes over the past century? Mm-hmm. I mean, would he even recognize some of them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I figure there's the comic book, there's what is that I did there, and after that, there are adaptations. That, uh, you know, other people are going to come along and do other Thanos stories in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you do something on a work-for-hire basis... You have to say goodbye to it eventually and uh, move on. And uh, you, I'm sure, it's, have become aware that I believe as of the end of last year when Diamond Comics released their charts for last year, Infinity Gauntlet was the best-selling graphic novel of 2018. I didn't know that. I knew we <laughs> broke some kind of record on the collection thing, but uh, <laughs> I didn't know it was number one. That's kind of cool. It's just the, it's the, the Diamond number, so the bookstore market and all that stuff. But but it was it was amazing for us to see, like, yeah, that was... Uh, you you made a lot of new fans, I think. Yeah, back in such a big way. Like, I, and I love that the movies reach such a different audience that we're we're actually creating new comic fans instead of just losing them to time. Uh, now with. The comic itself, it is so full of vibrant colors, and it's so full of this energy and this pace. When you were developing it with such a great team like George Perez and Ron and, and uh, Rubenstein, was that collaborative process, like you guys sitting in a room and going, like, this insane color and this insane frame, like, how did the actual writing of Infinity Saga go? Did you guys piece it out? or? I mostly did it with uh, editor Craig R- Anderson. Okay. Uh, Ron, who was writing or drawing The Silver Surfer, lived out in California. I was in New York at the time. So he wasn't actually into the process of that. And George got pulled in unexpectedly. We, uh, we thought Ron was going to draw the Infinity Gauntlet right from the beginning. Uh, it, 
Marvel was owned at that point by a guy named Ron Perlman, and it was a time when they wanted to squeeze every last sense they could out of the readership. Uh, every, Mar- every X-Men had a, his own title at one point. <laughs> yeah. And so I came onto the Sofa Surfer, and it started selling pretty well. And so they said, well, we've got to do something else. Uh, let's do some special project. And that's where the Thanos Quest came in. Mm. And their early things, early sales for the Thanos Quest were really good. So they said, we need something more. Because I was, was going to go back and finish off the story in The Silver Surfer. And so they said, let's do some real big event. And I said, well, give me a bunch of characters that I could work with. And... Uh, a few of the editors were pretty cool about that and you know, said, oh, yeah, you can use the Hulk, you can do this. But the X-Men editor said, I can't use any of them. And uh, so the editor-in-chief finally said, you got to give them at least two X-Men for this. So that's why we got Cyclops and Wolverine only. <laughs> that's so funny. And, uh, Here's two. Oh, it, gets, it, gets, it gets weirder still. And some of the books uh, did tie-ins to it. And so when uh, Gauntlet came out and started selling all the other books who had tie-ins, um, they, uh, they went up in sales also. So we, a year later, we did the Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And at that point, everybody wanted their characters in this book. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly more X-Men are available. Including some that hadn't even come out yet. <laughs> I remember getting Xeroxes of this guy named Sleepwalker. And they said, he's got to be in the book. He's our new character. And the best I could do is have him walking by in the background in one battle. <laughs> Because I had no idea what he was. <laughs> you were like a casting director, and everyone was like, we've got these people, we need you to use them. Put oh, yeah, them, yeah, them. Yeah, them back there. So. I love when we read that script. Sleepwalker walks by in the background, shrug. Yeah, he's walking by in the air, so uh, you know, at least we gave him something that looked visual. He got a moment to shine. <laughs> yeah. I will say, just for our audience, uh, you can get that Thanos Quest material is collected in a new edition in Silver Server. It's fantastic. If you have not read the original Thanos Quest two-parter, I feel like that was something that sort of, like, didn't get enough credit for a long time, and it's very nice to see people sort of going back and appreciating. By the way, I really like Yeah, Thanos Quest has always been my favorite Thanos story because he's never been as nasty and as rotten as he is in that particular book. (laughs) Have you read any of the new Thanos stuff now that he's come back to the mainstream, now that he's back to popularity in the comics themselves? Uh, No, I'm finishing off uh, editing on... uh, We've sort of had an agreement up in Marvel that there was uh, going to be... The cinematic uh, Thanos, the Marvel Comics Thanos, and then my Thanos over in the graphic novels. Which you've been doing in a series of standalones that you should all be checking out. Uh, And Alan Davis is finishing off the last one right now. It looks terrific. Uh, But um, I lost my point here. uh, what was the, the Marvel comic Thanos versus the... Oh, yes. Novel. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, you know, what I did was uh, go off and do this own thing, and uh, I still lost the track of this. <laughs> so the three different Thanoses, you've, you've not really dabbled in the middle. The, the but what was your original one. question? Oh, just whether or not you've been keeping track of the new Marvel oh, Thanos. Oh, yes. No, so uh, because of all that nonsense I just <laughs> went through, uh, you answered I've, I've avoided uh, reading the other books for right now until after I get done with the editing in the next week or so, in uh, which case I want to read Donnie Gates' uh, yeah. 
to begin with in that. Uh, Donny Cates, is, I was really impressed with the fact that it felt like the spirit of Thanos, but I also was surprised, and it's nice to have a... I keep uh, hearing it's very good. He's so and versatile, the character. You can have a writer really shape him, and yeah, I was really impressed. Yeah, and I, I get along really well with him. We've met in a number of conventions, and I've told him, as soon as I'm done, I'll read the book. <laughs> You're saving him. You're saving him. Yeah. yeah, it's in collection now. I don't have to do all those pamphlets now. I, I have one last question for me, so if you have a last question, you should go first, because I got, I got to know where Thanos' helicopter came from. I've wanted to know for years. It's been haunting me. I've really, it's the most visual thing I have. <laughs> well, when you work on a work for hire co- uh, character, uh, other people are going to come along and work on it. And Marvel had this book that was supposed to be for really young readers to enter yeah. into the market and that. And uh, Larry Lieber, Stan's brother, he was writing it. And he just <laughs> grabbed up Thanos and had him robbing banks and had his Thanos copter. And, um, you know, it's uh, they showed it to me after it came out, and I went, you know, I'm not going to reference this. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to pretend this never happened. I've and wondered I, that for 20 years, where and how that happened. Yeah, and now it's one of the most popular memes out there. I mean, every time uh, anything with Thanos Quest comes up on my Google alerts, you know, half the time there's a Thanos copter down going, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, I will say in the in the <laughs> modern uh, comics era, uh, we we now live in a world where like we're keeping around digital copies of things where uh, it is become has has become customary to reprint trade paperbacks. You helped pioneer the idea of a story that should be go gone, gone back to and enjoyed with Death of Captain Marvel being one of the first graphic novels as we think of them. Uh, when you in, in the the original seventies cosmic stuff. Did you hope that that would all be collected and remembered and uh, that we'd still be able to have it on bookshelves today? Or was it just, I know the comics environment has changed so much over time. Were you accepting that the issues might go out there into the world and that might be it? Our only concern back in the 70s was get it out on time. I remember story conferences with Roy Thomas, and uh, he was the only editor up there at the time. And... uh, well, this issue of Captain Marvel, I'm uh, going to use the Super Scroll. Go, go, go. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, um, no, no, I had no idea that this was going to grow into what it was. I mean, the movies were uh, never on the horizon because, of, you know, they didn't have the computers to do anything good like this now. And I always kind of expected Thanos was going to be too strange and esoteric to become ever part of anything mainstream. Uh, I'm... You know, I have Josh Whedon and Kevin Feige to thank for that. I mean, why they decided to settle on him is still beyond <laughs> me, but I, I, I appreciate them having done so. <laughs> I lo- and I love Josh Brolin's portrayal, like teaming up with everyone, and, and I think he's the most photorealistic character. I, I think the look of Thanos is just... I love that his hair grows slightly, and like you can see that as the movie evolves. And Was there anything with Thanos... Uh, I have a real last question. Apologies. Uh, was there anything with Thanos that surprised you uh, visually? That the, I, you mentioned the armor and stuff, but was he, as you imagined, translated the movie once you accepted that he was going to be translated? Well, I always figured he was going to be uh, computer animated. I didn't know that they were going to do this motion capture. Yeah. And so uh, Josh Brolin was never on my radar at all. And during my dream casting, you know, that I did in my studio all by myself, uh, I was thinking more like a voice like a post-cancerous Arnold Schwarzenegger or an Idris Elba. Somebody who's got that gravelly voice like he had in Luther. Yeah. And uh, so when Josh Brolin came in, I went, gee, you know, 
never thought about him, but after seeing him in this role, I can't imagine anybody else playing him now. Uh, he is, his study of the character and just how he had him moving, because it's all Josh up there on the screen. I mm -hmm. mean, it doesn't look like him anymore, but it is him doing everything that is there. And, uh, you know, he just, the cadence of the voice, the movement, uh, the, just the weight that he gave to the character, uh, I just found that astounding. You know? yeah. I said, that's my guy. Yeah. Well, folks, if you haven't seen Endgame yet, please check out Thanos in all of his glory. Infinity War and Endgame really made this character shine. Thank you so much for all of your amazing work. And thank you for being here. My pleasure. I, I have loved your work from childhood to now, and I can't wait to see more of it, including Pip the Troll. Let's make it happen, society. Thanks again so much. Thank you, guys. Hey, bye. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.